Welcome. Welcome. I'm Nako Narder. I'm Emily Walborn. And this is Half Asian. Half Hour. Today we are talking about arguably the most anticipated film of 2020. Yes. I, I agree. I think it definitely was the most anticipated film. Yeah. We want to thank the folks over at Asian American Independent Film Festival for inviting us to a Zoom screening and Q&A. Highlight of my year. Easily. Highlight yeah. of. Other than doing the, the other film festival stuff with them. That yeah, they have been single-handedly responsible for making this an okay, or just giving us any reason to be happy this year. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I don't even know really where to start. Wow. What were your, what, okay, what are some of your initial thoughts about Minari? My initial thoughts? I barely knew, I mean, I'd seen the trailer, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know anything about what it was supposed to be about, really. I just was excited based on how many people talked it up, how much buzz it got at Sundance. And, like, how much A24 fans seem to be behind it. Like, Mm -hmm. not even in, like, a, like, we're trying to be cool and support an agent. Like, just everyone seemed to be excited about this movie. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I had uh, only just, yeah, when I saw the trailer. Because I had always heard about it. But, I Mm -hmm. like, before the trailer dropped, I hadn't really, I, like, no idea really what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved the trailer. And I was just, like, really looking forward to seeing it I thought I was gonna go see it in a a drive-in in December but then it's gonna be out of town and so then I was looking forward to watching it in a drive-in in February but then whew, when the screening came through I was even more yeah. excited to watch it immediately totally. yes and also I being in New York I had no idea when I was gonna get to see it right yeah I'm very glad they got too and I'm really excited to hear your thoughts as someone who is not only Asian but is from a rural setting I had so many there's so many moments especially around the church scene wow I'm very excited to talk about okay hell yeah so the so obviously there's going to be some spoilers in this Uh, if you guys haven't seen it maybe save this for when you have yeah Um, so yeah spoilers we're going to go through the whole thing Mm -hmm. because that's what we do Yes. And I'm very excited to talk about all of that. So, yeah. it it is an honor just to be Asian and to see this film. Exactly. Yeah, we should make new shirts that say <laughs> "It's an honor just to be Asian and I'm also see Minari." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. So, the first thing off the bat is, it just is such a fucking joke that this was considered not an American film. I feel like I it's learned. Like- just as much about rural agriculture and factory work as I did about the Asian American immigrant experience. Doesn't it just make you want to like throw up? Like if this is an American story, then what is? Some and white also- kid playing baseball <laughs> with like in the yard? And that's what? Is that all that's American? And even considering that, like, I mean, I don't know because I'm from just like another major city. But I imagine if I'm from somewhere rural, like, this is one of the only times I've seen representation for that. Yes, yes. It was like, because, um, so when we watched the Q&A after the movie, and, and it was really cool because it was moderated by Sandra Oh, who oh, is our, the queen of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I love Sandra Oh here. Yes. 
Um, and it was really cool because you could tell she prepped her own questions and like um, she was really talking about what it meant to her as a Korean mm-hmm. woman to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because my experience watching the movie was as just an Asian person who grew up in rural America. I was okay. like, you know, I didn't live on a farm out in the middle of nowhere, but yeah. you know, like, um, and I lived in, you know, a, a town, a, a small city, but mm-hmm. you know, my family was like one of two Asian families in, mm-hmm. um, in town. And since then the other Asian family has moved back to California and another one has yeah. moved in. And so, you know, <laughs> so there will always be two, but it's like, you know, you can, it was just, I've never, never seen that experience or anything close to my experience growing up in rural America as an Asian person on screen in any way. And did you think you ever would? I didn't, not until like if I made something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I figured that would be the only time probably. Yeah. Blown away by how much I learned about that. I don't know very much about that culture because if you're from one of the coasts or one of the places that makes movies, you don't have much interest in that way of life. So like this was double representation. Yeah, it's it's just so exciting to see like, okay, something that uh, is so specific, like Asian, you know, in rural America mm-hmm. is getting the clout that it's getting and getting the buzz um, okay. from awards festivals and um just kind of buzz on the internet and word of mouth it's really exciting to see that that kind of story gets people excited totally so it starts with they drive up in their truck to a trailer on top of some cinder blocks in a field that we learn (laughs) a lot of people don't want that property because the land is really hard to grow things on Mm -hmm. and the the wife is surprised and not in a pleasant way that this is where her husband has chosen to bring their family right it's, it seems as if she had no idea that this is <laughs> the house that he bought for them yeah yeah so they're coming from california <laughs> yes and it's his dream to have like 50 acre farm mm-hmm. to grow mm-hmm. vegetables and such on yes and they have two cute kids, a six-year-old boy named David, who they <laughs> the cutest kid. And they keep telling him not to run because he has a heart heart murmur or a heart arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. And then he has an older sister who's like twelve, and she's also yeah. very cute. She's very cute, but I do think David is maybe the cutest kid I've ever seen <laughs> in any movie. And like such a good actor. Mm-hmm. And like this movie would not have worked if he hadn't been as cute and as good as he was. <laughs> he's just so cute um okay so then they're unpacking and it's like this farmhouse um trailer and the mom is like not happy at all right um but she and the dad go to work at the um hatchery Mm -hmm. which they uh look at the genders of the or the sex of the baby chicks and sort them from male and female and we learn that that she's only been able to work for the past six months and he has been working in hatcheries for like 10 years Mm -hmm. um but she can finally get work here because it's like slower than in california 
Yeah. So she she's really fast and she's not as fast. But right. she's trying very hard to become fast and she practices mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. I just so much of this movie. I guess I'll get to this later, but I'm already starting to get nervous that something bad is gonna happen to David's heart. And mm-hmm. that is like already starting to hum in the back of my brain. Yeah. Yeah, because well the mom, so she wants to move to a city, um, mm-hmm. because she's talking to people at work and they're like, um they live in the city and there's like other Korean people there. Um, and on the way back from work, they're talking about how if anything happens to David, they're an hour away from a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dad is very firm and saying, we know, like, we're staying here. This is our land. Yes. This is, like, my dream. Yes. Yeah. So then I guess the next big thing that happens is the wife's mother moves from Korea and moves mm-hmm. into the trailer with them. Because her husband died in the Korean War. And so she's coming to live with her daughter. Yeah. And there's, um, she comes uh, to live with them because there's this big tornado. um, And it's where the mom and dad really kind of have their first really big fight about it. Because, you know, she's lonely (laughs) being out there. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have any friends. He's, you know, farming. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but he's he's like you know I've he's worked for ten years and given a lot of money to his family and so like this is for their family yes. is something like they keep he keeps returning to it's like this is finally for just our family yeah because he was the oldest son he had to keep sending mm-hmm. home a lot of the money that he made yeah yeah so the grandma comes to live with them and she's a blast. Mm-hmm. she is awesome <laughs> yeah she rules she just pulls out like bags and bags of food that she yes. brought from korea which i feel like is a very like grandma thing to do totally. like whenever yeah. my grandma visits mm-hmm. she has like she's like here here's cookies here's like she just like brings yes. so many so many treats <laughs> yeah my grandparents would always send us a bunch of seaweed paper mm, yes a big box of just curry would arrive, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the mom is so happy that she's getting all this, like, food that is really nostalgic mm-hmm. for her. She's, yeah, and she's really emotional when the grandma arrives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably been a very long time since they've seen each other in person. Yeah. David has actually never met her, and mm-hmm. he is a little wary of her because she's, she smells like Korea. She's not like other <laughs> grandmas. Um, right. He's kind she of loves, I think WWE or something like that. She loves WWE and she has to share a room with him. Right. And she sleeps on the floor. This woman is incredible. She's yes, she's the queen. Then the dad kind of gets farming. He he um this like white guy comes with one of those divining rods and says, Hey, if you give me three hundred bucks, I'll use this stick and find where your water is. And he's like mm-hmm. He's like, Americans are so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he tells David, like, they're going to use their heads and figure out where the water mm-hmm. is going to be. And mm-hmm. so they get a water well going. They buy a tractor. Mm-hmm. They hire a friend. Yeah, they hired like, a farmhand who mm-hmm. also sold the tractor. He's a very uh, religious mm-hmm. guy. Um, yeah. But he's a hard the, worker. He's a hard worker. And the dad thinks he's kind of, he's like... A little odd because he mm-hmm. prays so much yeah. um, 
And he's kind of like, okay, okay, just keep working. <laughs> yes. And that is another thing I noticed was, like, I think Stephen Young's character is the first time, or at least one of the first, where, like, an immigrant dad is being, like, practical, and it isn't a punchline. Like, on Kim's convenience, it's always like, oh, the dad doesn't care about, like, emotions. He just cares about making money, and, like, mm-hmm. that's funny. And, like, often kind of all the, like, anecdotes that get put out of like immigrant parents is like yeah like I don't know my dad just his priorities are so weird but with his character it was completely like yeah you need to make this farm work or your family is going Mm -hmm. to starve so like yeah you're stressed out and you need to work and if someone around you is like hired to work they need to work too like yeah, I completely understood why he was like that, and it was told from his perspective. Especially when they don't have a lot of money to start with, they're kind of putting everything into this farm. The the wife is like is hesitant when he buys the tractor, yeah, because it is so much money, yes. and they also still have to work second job. Like he, the dad works the second job at the hatchery, yeah, because the farming the farm hasn't taken off yet because he's just getting started he has a lot more money to put into it yeah um and then it's more just like slice of life the grandma wants Mm -hmm. to plant some minari which is like a plant she Mm -hmm. wants to go plant that in this place that the kids aren't supposed to go because they're snakes but it's fine and then we kind of also learned that um the grandma says that once the mom and dad have moved to america they they kind of lost their love for each other and it became more about money and like surviving Mm-hmm. Um, which is, a, I think, good intel. Yes, and also, I mean, we'll get to this more at the end, but just I have never been, I am so rarely invested in a couple saving their marriage. Usually I'm like, mm-hmm. this is boring, just get divorced. But these two, I was like, I want them they have to, work to work things out yeah. so badly. <laughs> because it wasn't just like, not to trivialize divorces that come from like any number of differences, because all of them are obviously valid but this was one where just like i would have loved to watch the movie that is about them like singing a duet in korea yeah and i was so sad that like the hardship of immigration was such a strain on their marriage yeah well i was gonna say something but it'll be a spoiler for later so we'll get we'll get to it okay and so then the dad kind of realizes how hard it is for the wife because she you know they left all their friends in california it seems like to come here for more land, more opportunity. And she's a city um, kid. They keep bringing that up. Yeah. She's from the city. And so he he says, okay, we can go to church because he hears that she's talking about church with um, somebody at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and her so Korean they, friend at work. Yeah, her Korean friend at work. So they all decide to go um, to church. And of course, they are the only Asian family mm. at church. Everybody else is white, obviously. Um, and did this remind you of anything? my entire childhood yeah (laughs) yeah it was just like the moment this was probably my favorite moment of the movie Mm -hmm. and the one that I resonated with like 100% was when like they're just sitting there and then the kid that ends up being David's friend later on just like turns and is just like staring at him and that is like that happened I have such a vivid memory of that happening to me when I first walked into my first grade class and this girl just was like staring me down and I knew it was because I was Asian like that is just a moment that I remember so vividly 
and I remember the feeling of that yeah. and then to see to finally ever like see it on screen yeah. was just very emotional for me of course yeah did you when it happened to you in first grade did you like say anything when you got home or were you just like well this is just something I'll remember forever I don't think I I don't remember if I said anything if I did my mom was probably like yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's just been like always a like kind of a defining moment for me in my childhood, and I was just truly amazed to see it in somebody else's movie. Yeah, I bet, man. And then like to see the sister with the other girl who's like, "Stop me when I say something in your language," yes. and she's just truly it's just racist gibberish yeah um like yeah yeah that of course happened on the playground yeah and I I liked and like David's friend the first thing he says to him is why is your face so flat and David says my face isn't flat and then they just end up being friends and I think it was portrayed very like truly I guess Mm -hmm. authentic is the word like these kids aren't trying to be racist they're just like anytime something's different they notice it and they're gonna say they something. stare they yeah it's like they don't know how it makes mm-hmm. the person they're staring at or asking those questions feel and like mm-hmm. even as a kid you don't really like realize what those feelings are until totally. later in life you know like I wasn't able to articulate mm-hmm. what I was feeling when I was in first grade until mm-hmm. you know yeah. much later on yeah but but at the time yes yeah, if, if she had said something similar to me like why is your face like that I would have been like I don't know totally why is your face like that <laughs> like who knows <laughs> you know? yeah and the girl at one point like stops her and is like oh yeah that word you just said a word that's accidentally Korean like that's exactly <laughs> how they would react to it right yeah and this um, is another same with so I'm already nervous that David's heart is going to give out at any second and Mm -hmm. now the whole church scene obviously what these kids did was like racist but I was really waiting for something horrible to happen pretty much the entire church sequence I was I'll I'll be honest I I I guess maybe just based on my own experiences Mm -hmm. but I I really thought that it was gonna be like um mostly about them in a white town Mm. but you know it wasn't and I think it definitely benefits from not being that yeah like I I do think it benefits from them living outside of town and mostly being secluded into their family Mm -hmm. home yeah because then it really is the that's the focus of the movie yes and like obviously race is addressed Mm -hmm. often Mm -hmm. but it's different because it's from the perspective of Mm -hmm. the family so it's not like from the perspective of white people or white directors totally making comment on it it's like whenever somebody brings up being asian to the dad i feel like he always had like a very funny like either eye roll or like yes yeah okay whatever <laughs> like he just kind of brushed it off he didn't really care he's like yes i'm farming i'm busy correct yeah like when please do not bother me with this <laughs> farm hand shows in korean because his dad fought in the war and he's like okay okay <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah He's like, I knew we were going to get along because I was in the Korean War or whatever. Yeah, and he's just like... And he's like, All right. I don't know about that, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the next big event that kind of happens is... Um, so the grandma makes this drink every day for David. 
to help him get healthy mm -hmm. and but according to him it tastes really bad so mm -hmm. um he switches it out with her mountain dew one day and then like runs away mm -hmm. um and then when he gets back his dad tells him to get wait stick. no it wasn't mountain dew he peed in it that was his pee he peed in it yeah he peed in it yes. i thought it was his drink no 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 oh no. my gosh he peed in it okay well that's okay <laughs> no wonder it tasted bad when she was like <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, did she make this, you know? Yeah. I was like, man, it must really taste bad. Even she doesn't like it. <laughs> no, no, no. He no that makes, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then his Got dad it. has him go get a, a stick, a switch. Mm -hmm. And David goes out and he comes back and he brings a really bendy willowy. <laughs> like, yeah, he just brings some like tall grass. And his grandma is like, you're so smart. I love you. Yeah. And she's like, ha, that's so funny. <laughs> and then, and when we don't, he doesn't get beaten. Like, right. And then just again, oh, like so another scene where I was like, I really don't want to see anything bad happen to these people. And then it didn't. Right. Yeah. But I, but we're building this. We're like building moments where I'm like so nervous and then nothing mm -hmm. happens, but I'm not necessarily relieved. Right. Um, another one is like what is what happens next is mm -hmm. the there's no water mm -hmm. for the crops and so uh, he has to he hooks up his hose to the county water mm -hmm. um, which means there's no house uh, no water in the house yeah. um, and so he and, and his wife kind of fight over money again not having any water because they can't afford to buy more water for both the crops and the house mm -hmm. um and he says you know if this farm fails she can leave him yes she and the kids can leave him just so yeah sad. yes <laughs> and then we also find out that the big buyer that was supposed to get a bunch of his mm -hmm. crops backed out mm -hmm. and so now he has to kind of figure out what to do now yeah and they go into the city to go to a doctor mm -hmm. for david's heart but he has the crops mm -hmm. as like a presentation to bring to a potential new buyer. And he doesn't mm -hmm. want to leave them in the trunk because they're going to get hot. And his wife's like, don't bring those to the doctor. And he's like, she's like, we're go. here for David. Yeah. yeah. Not for your vegetables. And he's like, I'll meet you at the doctor's office. And mm -hmm. he gets to the doctor's office and he has the crops and his wife. And he still dead. brings the vegetables. Yeah. yeah. But they find a buyer. He, yeah, they sell it to a market, mm -hmm. which I was so excited when he sold it to a market. Mm -hmm. um, but then his wife pulls mm -hmm. him aside and is like, you are putting the farm before our mm -hmm. family. Um, you're choosing the farm every time, mm -hmm. water, our money, everything. So she's like, our marriage is over. Yeah. And oh, and before this, he says like, I just want the kids to see me succeed at something that is really important to me. Right. Yeah. Which oftentimes I would be like, shut up, Don Draper. Like, this isn't about like your <laughs> goals, but I really felt for him. Right. Like, this is his, his first thing that he's done that like would be for his family. Mm -hmm. He wants it to be a success to see that his, to show his kids that they can do that too in America, yeah. you know, like, in this country that they could also build something themselves and it's like i think a lot of immigrant 
especially like the generation before us they get flattened into like they moved here so their kids could have a better life but like there's still people who have goals if I move somewhere for my kids which lol I would never do that like (laughs) you're damn right I would still have my own hobbies and goals and like I would have things I want other than just my kids succeeding right and I mean you would want to show them that you achieved your goals when you moved to a new country yeah Yeah, he's still a man just like anyone else Mm -hmm. yeah and before even they go to the city Mm -hmm. um the grandma wakes up sick and we learn that she had a stroke and so they're kind of nervous when they go to the city to leave her alone and turns out yeah because um she was burning some trash and it sets the like farmhouse on fire where all the crops are stored mm-hmm. and so when they get back to the farm after just essentially deciding to split yeah. there they also see this fire and so Jacob the dad runs mm-hmm. in and he he's trying to save it and then the mom comes and tries to help and uh, and then we lose track of the mom for a little bit but then he like sets aside the crops and he's like babe where are you he's like monica monica where are you yeah um yeah but they get out just in time they like end up just leaving all the crops and getting out and the kids go out and because grandma had wandered off so the kids go out and david runs after her yeah Oh, well, because we forgot even the best news of the whole movie is that his the hole in his heart is closing yeah. up. And so he can run again because he's a kid. Yeah, he really wants to run. And so he runs to save his grandma and bring her back to the house. Yes. And then, um, then they end up having the divining rod guy come out. Um, and the wife is there and she's... They've just decided to stay. Um, and then he brings David down to go pick Panari. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Okay, yes. So basically, throughout the movie, I felt like I was holding my breath, waiting for some for the crops to fail, for someone to be really racist to them, for David's heart to give out. Mm-hmm. And the fire happened. But other than that, like, most of like I they introduce the snakes and how the snakes might bite you and they see a snake and so I thought the whole time they're setting up that someone's gonna get bit by a snake. And I think that's supposed mm-hmm. to be the immigrant experience of like you are just constantly waiting for something bad to happen and you can never relax. And even when things are going well, you're not like at ease. Right. Yeah. And one thing that the grandma she's hallucinating when she has her stroke and she thinks she sees a snake in the room. And she says, like, no, don't, like, scare it away. Like, it's better to see it than for it to hide. Which I also feel like was supposed to be a metaphor for, I guess, racism. It didn't really come up too much in this movie in that way. But, like, I don't know. Like, when the kids are asking, like, why do you look like that? Or is this something in your life? That is obviously hurtful and obviously not okay. But -hmm. it's also coming from a place of curiosity as opposed to, like, making assumptions speaking for them acting like you're on their side and you have their best interests when clearly you don't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i obviously these parts of the country are labeled by the coast as like racist and worse Mm -hmm. than other parts of the country but 
in, in some ways they're not. In some ways, I mean, yeah, it's just like anywhere in America, you know, it's like I had friends who were my true friends and they didn't, yeah. you know, ever say anything racist about yeah. me. But then, you know, it's like as a kid, you know, I have more as a kid, I'd say probably yeah. than anything else. But, you know, they're jerks at school, mostly guys, yeah. little assholes who were racist and, yeah. you know. But I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just like anywhere. Totally. Yeah, I think that there are is probably a camp of people who is expecting this to be like a, like, hidden figures, like, about, mm-hmm. like, them going to church, and at first the people are racist, but eventually they're not, and I like that they didn't mm-hmm. go that route. I agree. It was for their yeah. benefit to not look at this through the lens of, like, white relations. Yeah. I mean, because you can't deny it, it certainly is there, but, mm-hmm. like, that's, like just living as any person of color in a mostly white state it's always gonna be in the background it's always gonna be there part of your life but sometimes it you know is more prominent than it is you know totally do you feel like and maybe I do this to you like if you meet someone in LA and you tell them that you're from Montana do they ever react in a way of like oh man that was probably really racist and now I'm sure you're glad you're in LA where no one's racist no I don't think anybody's ever done that to me. Because it's something that um, I think and say, feel, and I guess I should say it more often. Oh. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, say it to me. I don't care. But, um, no, I feel like when I tell people I'm from Montana, they were like, they're always like, I've never met anybody from Montana. That's usually what mm-hmm. I get. Yeah, we've definitely noticed that people are maybe more <laughs> excited that you're from Montana than that you're Asian. Right. Which is yeah. how I felt about this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I had a good compare to, like, my mom, who right. is from Seattle, married my dad, you know, and would visit Fort Benton, who, very small town, super white, like, super, super white. And, like, my mom was probably the first Asian woman they've ever seen. Um, I learned over Christmas that you only had to dial four numbers in Fort what Benton. To, to make a folk phone call. <laughs> my mom said she was, like, so confused when <laughs> she was trying to call my dad at one point. Because oh. they were like, yeah, these are the, what's the phone number? Four numbers. No, the phone number. Four numbers. It would just be area code and then four numbers? No, no you just type in the four <laughs> numbers. Just type in the four numbers and it, and you get connected. Wow, so this town had to be the same size as my old office, because that was how the extensions worked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we, we could have her on sometime and ask her about it, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I can't even imagine what kind of uh, things were probably said to her. Okay. <laughs> and I've heard some, like my uncle's uncle or some somebody who was related to my uncle. He was, uh, he was Pearl Harbor uh, guys, so I'm... I've heard some of the things mm. he, he talked about when he met my mom. So, you yeah. know. Just trying to break bread. Find a common interest. Yeah, you know, right. Wow. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, again, I mean, I that's that's what I was expecting this movie to be, too. But I really liked that it was totally. about this family. And it, they were on their own farm and just trying to make it. Totally agree. My final thought is... In the Q&A, like, one of the questions that Steven mm-hmm. got, he talked about, like, how, he was basing a lot of the character on his dad, 
And it was like a very emotional process to, his quote was, <laughs> overcome the lionization and infantilization of our parents, which I feel like is exactly what I said last week about yeah the drizzle club yeah exactly. i obviously started crying when he said this yeah and he said i'm remembering them through their suffering or the ways we miscommunicate love which isn't how you want to remember your parents and that there's like mm-hmm. an archetypical way that our parents should be i'm like yeah. excited to see that this is like a movement that is spreading because i'm excited for this like next iteration of the asian american experience where i don't know we have like a less um two-dimensional relationship with our parents yeah that's a good point i there is a lot of connection i think between the way this movie portrays family uh dynamics and the way joy Luck club mm-hmm. did yeah and i famously am someone who is not interested in seeing family on screen but the fact that i was interested <laughs> in two kids a married couple and a grandma well done wow really hooked you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from Stephen from the Q&A was when he when he said um not making it for us by mm-hmm. us and opening it up allows us to see ourselves clearer which I thought I don't know it just uh, really resonated with me. I guess I think that's such an uh, important thing to think about in making more Asian American media. Because, I mean, the sprinkling in of all of the very specific um, cultural things mm-hmm. makes it uh, special for, for like, our community to watch. Mm-hmm. But making this movie and thinking about it more as just an American family, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does make, I feel like you can see it in the movie. Mm-hmm. They know, I don't know, it just makes it, it does make it feel like they see themselves clearer. Mm-hmm. Totally. If that makes sense. Yeah, it was, it seemed like the goal of this movie was to be as authentic as possible about the human condition or the human mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. What would you give it, Gongs and Ramen? Five and five, Absolutely. baby. Absolutely. Five and five for me as well. Thank yeah. you, Lee Isaac Chung. <sighs> yeah. A perfect movie, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, just such a nice movie to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. I will also say about the Q&A, when Sandra came on the screen, I almost did start yeah. crying again. <laughs> yes. Oh, I yes. And another final thought is she pointed out, because she wanted to ask Yeri Han and the woman who played the grandma, because they're both Korean actors, they're not American. She said when mm-hmm. she was watching Bong Joon-ho go through, like, awards and press, he didn't have the same, like, you could tell he had not grown up in a country where he was invisible in the way that Asian American people absolutely do. And she wanted them to know if they felt that difference. And again, like this is something mm-hmm. I've always like has been a difference between me and my mom is I'm like, there's no representation. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> my people have been making TV and movies the whole time. Right. Yeah. So kind of crazy. I can't really picture living in a country where everyone looks like me. I'm yeah. I wouldn't want it either Four because obviously there's okay. downsides to it, but it seems kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't know. That must just be what being white <laughs> feels like. I don't know. It must be crazy. Must be <laughs> people people must not stare at you when you enter a room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could be actually awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so glad this movie was made. If you thought that you making it was gonna be the only time you're gonna get representation. 
I'm sure it often felt like you were the only Asian person to live in a community like that. And I at least know there's one other person. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's exciting. Cause then when I'm reading about on Twitter mm-hmm. of other Asians who are from rural communities, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, this really resonated with me. It's, it's really exciting to see like, Oh, they've had, had similar experiences that I, that I've totally. had. And it's not just, you know, my brother and mm-hmm. I, and then the Connors. <laughs> Yeah. Who were the other Asian family. I hope that this is, this opens up a long line of other rural representation because obviously there are, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks guys for listening. Um, Tune in next week. We're going to talk about another extremely American film, The Meg. Mm -hmm. Equally got it. You guys will not even believe the kind of crops that she grows. They look delicious. She's smart. She used her brain and she Mm -hmm. knew where to find. She's a really good farmer. Yeah, she's actually she's such a good yeah. farmer. It's crazy. <laughs> she's a triple threat. Acting, dancing, farming. Farming. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We've got some exciting episodes coming up, namely the Meg. So see you guys next time. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.